The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll, man. And I've got the Singh brothers right here on Talk is Jericho. Today, the minions of Jinder Mahal, his henchmen, his muscle, his uh, Vinny Bumbats. They're here to talk about their journey to the WWE and what a long and winding road it was. The real-life Canadian tag team brothers explain how they went from the Hart School of Pro Wrestling in Calgary to working with Tony Candelo to Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Wrestling, finally landing at WWE as Jinder Mahal henchmen you're going to hear all about their bollywood boys gimmick meeting and hanging with the great kali what they are learning at the nxt performance center from Shawn michaels and how crashing a wwe show in toronto 10 years ago really got the ball rolling for them and the advice that i gave them that helped them realize their wwe journey so the sync brothers are coming up but first a $150 deposit holds your cabin for Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea. We're setting sail next October. Next October. I'm playing a drinking game, like I said, with anybody on Twitter who goes, wow, um, I wish I had more notice. I don't have enough time to go this October. No, I'm not going to do an undertaking as huge as this with only a month's notice. We're talking about October of 2018. We're going from Miami to Nassau. Get your reservation and deposit in now at Chris Jericho cruise.com the uh, balcony cabins on deck eight are already sold out uh the demographic is great actually a lot of ladies uh from the ages of 26 to 35 are already booked on the cruise that's a good thing to know so the confirmed lineup so far your master of ceremonies chris jericho that's me uh hosting the cruise jim ross reuniting with his favorite broadcast partner in WWE history, Jerry the King Lawler. That just got announced today. Mick Foley is going to be there. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Rey Mysterio, Raven, uh, Lance Storm, and Cyrus from Killing the Town are going to do a show. Keep It at 100, Conan, Disco Inferno, and Shane Helms are going to be there. Raven's going to be doing some comedy. Beyond the Darkness is going to be telling us some scary, scary tales. SoCal Val is your guest cruise director. Uh, Brad Williams is going to be there, one of the funniest men in America, joining Ron Funches, another of the funniest men in America, joining Jim Brewer. 
Another one of the funniest men in America. The comedy game on this cruise is huge. We got the cherry bombs, the darlings of rock and roll that are going to show you a new way to enjoy live hard rock music. And they are hot, hot, hot as well. All the new additions announced today. Of course, Bustin' Open Radio is going to be there doing all the uh, the hype. They're going to be the hype men of the, of the uh, cruise. And, of course, there's the rock bands, Fozzie with uh, Judas, which cracked the top ten on U.S. rock radio today. Still rolling higher than ever. And, of course, the Fozzie album, Judas, coming out on Friday. Uh, we also got Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons directly from Motorhead coming straight on to our cruise. King is going to be there. We toured with him in May. We love those guys. The Dives, what a great power pop band featuring Evan Stanley whose dad happens to be Paul I got the Dave Spivak project that's right Spiwi have you heard him right here in his music on Talk is Jericho we broke that band here Jim Brewer is loud and rowdy you're going to play some great rock and roll then of course I wanted an ACDC tribute band so I figured why not a female ACDC tribute band Shoot to Thrill is going to be on board. Blizzard of Ozzy, the world's greatest Ozzy Osbourne cover band, is going to be there. And, of course, the PS de Resistance Ring of Honor presenting the Sea of Honor tournament aboard the ship. Matches will be happening in the middle of the ocean, and the winner of the Sea of Honor tournament gets a Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship title match in the future. And wait until you see the roster that we are bringing aboard from Ring of Honor. I'm not going to spoil it yet. It's coming up in the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime... And in between time, go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com to get all your information on how you can be a part of this cruise. Do not miss it. The first 400 cabins booked uh, get a special Q&A with me, Chris Jericho. And if you book by January 15th, you get a picture of me with the list. That's right, the actual list. Also on board Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager. Diamond Dallas Page will be there doing live DDP yoga workshops on the cruise, on the deck. You can try it out for yourself and experience exactly what DDP yoga has done for me and thousands of other people. And remember, before we move on to DDP yoga, that all of this stuff is all-inclusive. When you buy a cabin on the cruise, you get all your food, you get all these activities, all these meet and greets. You don't have to pay 50 bucks a pop to get an autograph. You're going to have opportunities to meet everybody we talked about and get some great entertainment, live podcasts, a great tournament. It's all inclusive on the ship. DDP Yoga, you want to do it? No extra fees or charges. You just show up and you get started. All right? Just like John Kaiser. When John was 22 years old, he was hit by a drunk driver and spent most of his life trying to manage the pain from that accident. Two and a half years after the accident, he couldn't get out of bed. He's had over 200 physical therapy sessions. His three lower discs in his back were completely herniated. He lost control of his arm and his right leg, and it literally took him 10 minutes just to put on his shoes. He was in massive, massive pain, and I know the feeling because I was in the same amount of pain when I had a herniated disc. He had three of them. It's the worst pain in your life, but like so many any of you like me john saw the arthur borman video on youtube and he ordered the ddp yoga dvds and started doing the program his doctors were skeptical as my doctors were skeptical but after a couple weeks john started feeling stronger and after about six months on the ddp yoga program john drove from new york to indiana on business which was an 11 hour car ride and he was totally pain-free that's the moment he knew he had won his life back i can empathize with that story because i was there congratulations john and thanks to ddp and ddp yoga because it is so much more than just a weight loss program. It can help you manage pain and it can help you do things you never thought you'd be able to do again or before, like wrestle at the highest of abilities like I did last year in the WWE, or sing with Fozzie like we're doing right now, top 10 hit with Judas. And as for John... 
Now he can also jump rope. He was a jump rope pro before the car accident. And thanks to DDP Yoga, he now has his amazing jump rope skills back. DDP Yoga can help you too. And right now, you can take advantage of DDP's special sale at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Download the DDP Yoga Now app so you can do DDP Yoga on the go. It's available on iOS and Android own your life, take it back, get rid of the pain, start today. ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get in the best physical and mental shape of your life and do it now. All right, before we get to the Sing Brothers, I mentioned to you that Judas, the record, is coming out this Friday, and I want to play for you right now the third song on the record. If you pre-ordered it on iTunes, you can hear it. If you haven't, you're going to check it out right here first. This is Painless from Judas by Fozzie.
great tune. It might even be the second single, but there's no need to rush it because Judas is in the top 10, number 10 today, and still rising. Speaking of rising, we got the Singh Brothers right here talking all about their long and winding road to the WWE. All right, so um, the official name now is the Singh Brothers, right? Singh Brothers. Do you have first names? Uh, I'm Sunil Gurv. They give me Samir. So you're, what is it? Sunil. Sunil and Samir. Samir, They yeah. came up to us. They're like, give us two names that start with S right away. We're like, okay. They're like, he's going to be Samir. For some reason, they already had his name figured out. And they're like, come up with a name that starts with an S. I'm like, uh, Sunny or Sunil. <laughs> Sunil's pretty Indian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're here with, with uh, Gurv and Harv Shira. That's how I know you guys. That's how you pronounce it. Shira, right? Sira. Sira. Yeah. What do I know? I'm, I'm, cares, I'm, from, I'm from the prairies. You know what I mean? <laughs> But this is actually uh, a great success story uh, in the business because I've known you guys for, you guys probably know the exact dates. Made, uh, yeah, 2008. 10, was, 10 years ago. Yeah, we know. Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years that, that, that we first met each other. Uh, and it was in Toronto, maybe? Yes, sir. And that was, uh, you guys were from Vancouver and you were independent guys trying to make your way and you showed up in Toronto at a WWE backstage. Yes. And for wrestling business, kind of smaller guys. Yep. You know, I'm a smaller guy, but you guys are smaller than that. Yeah. So to be traveling around, it's like, wow, I hope those guys make it. But you never know, right? The business is always so much based around, you know, big guys and that sort of thing. But yet here you are, main event, top heels <laughs> as the uh, the lackeys, as the uh, the heaters for uh, for Jinder Mahal in the WWE. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny you bring up the Toronto uh, meeting that we had the first time because uh, – just two months ago, that is exactly where we got our NXT contract switched over to main roster contracts at Air In Canada. the very arena. Wow. Where yeah. we got kicked out so, from. How did you get kicked out? So oh, here's the full here's, story. Here's the full story. <laughs> uh, obviously, WWE barely comes out to the West Coast for TV. So we're trying to get booked, trying to get noticed. This is 10 years ago. And long story short, we're sending our stuff. No is the answer that we're getting. So we're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to buy a plane ticket. And fly to Toronto. And we flew to Toronto, not booked for the Monday Night Raw TV show as extras. We lied to yeah, so we basically security. Yeah, we lied to security. We sneak in backstage. They're like, oh, are you guys booked? We're like, yeah, we just drop a bunch of names. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be here. Whose we, names did you drop? Oh, like, everybody from we, TR. Like, <laughs> everybody from TR. I don't think anybody's there from that, that time. So we were mentioning everybody. Oh, yeah, they told us to come this way. And so we go backstage and we start handing out promo packages. Eight and by so, I think you got one too. I don't know what you ever did with it. I'm sure you just chucked it out. Oh, yeah. I probably went in the circular file. <laughs> we saw Sergeant Slaughter gave one to him. Mike Brooklyn Rotundo. Brawler got one. <laughs> like, and what was in your uh, promo pack? Uh, two 8 by 10s with our contact information behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a resume of everyone. <laughs> and a bunch of DVD, uh, matches on DVD. Uh, and then we got told, hey, listen, you're not supposed to be here. You guys are going to have to leave the building. And on the way out, that is when we bumped into you at catering. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, who are these guys getting kicked out? <laughs> who was kicking you out? Uh, I, I, I don't remember exactly who it was. But I think it may. The security just came up yeah, to us. Was, They're I like, oh, yeah, you guys like, got to leave. We got tap on the shoulder as we're waiting around. They're like, ah, oh, sorry, you guys. It's probably out. arena security. They yeah. probably told the arena security to get you guys out of yeah, there. Yeah, it was more like, hey, you guys aren't booked. We appreciate what you guys are doing, but you guys have to. You know, it's only in wrestling would like two guys with ambition to do that, and, and a lot of balls, too, 
would be looked at as like, look at these marks, get yeah. them out of here. <laughs> like anywhere else, it'd be like, well, what's your story? What's going on? But yeah. it's like, get these marks out yeah. of these, these marks that have been wrestling and just want a shot. Yeah. And get them out of the building. And we showed up like wearing the suits and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I remember we just got in our tassels after. Yeah. Too. Like, I remember when we were talking to you. We were standing there in tassels and tights. Like, just, oh, you went and get your tights on? Yeah, we just put our tights on too for no reason. Well, they told us to go to the extra change room. And we're like, all right, so we're gonna change into our gear. And they had other guys like Wavell Star was there that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Jay Cutler. John Cutler mm-hmm. from Winnipeg, he was there. That's the night he got signed, actually. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so we saw you on the way out, and we gave you a promo package, and we broke the ice by mentioning Tony Candelo. <laughs> We're like a bunch of marks. <laughs> We're like, hey, man, we wrestled for Candelo, and you've wrestled for Candelo, and this is our story. This is what we're trying to do, and... Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that. You you wrote down your email address for us, and oh, that was so was nice to you. Yeah, you're very nice to us. Yeah, I always try and be nice to the guys because once again, you never know. I mean, here we are. You guys are on top, you know, and I'm I'm sweeping well, the floor. I actually thought it was a fake email address at that time. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I, I remember. I'm not sure you remember your email address at that time. It, it just didn't seem real. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I was. I think he just like ribbed us. And like, <laughs> but you got back. Don't ever contact me at aol.com. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but I want to ask you though, is before we move move on, because it's very interesting stuff. But when you guys get kicked out. Out, you know the door slams behind you or whatever it was how did you feel at that point in time uh, I mean, it was like at that time we, i remember it was like talking to you was like that was the silver lining i'm like i'm a strong believer in omens and like mm-hmm. you know there's a reason for everything so we buy a ticket not knowing something's going to happen and we show up and we didn't get a match we nothing happened but we met you we're like okay that's pretty cool we just mm. talked to chris jericho you know okay well, there's a reason he talked to us you know you have to tell yeah. yourself okay that's and got the a contact that was able exactly. to help you out. That's, a good, that's a good way to look at Over the years, it. I mean, you've been really helpful watching our matches, sending us feedback oh. and stuff like that. And, and we hounded you. Yeah, I know we did hound you. <laughs> well, but, but the thing is, you, you hounded me, but not in a bad way. Because, you know, I've had people that hound me, and after a while, I just like, dudes, come on. But you would hit me up once in a while, and, you know, the schedule. Sometimes I'd hit you back. Sometimes I'd watch the match. Sometimes I just wouldn't have time. But you wouldn't bug me. Like, hey, did you watch the match? Like, you would just kind of you say, watch the match. If it didn't happen... I'd hear about it again in two, three, four weeks, which is the way it should be. Yeah. That's a smart way to be. Is that what you guys did basically throughout your career with, with every connection that you had? Pretty much because, you know, breaking into the business, we were told, hey, you guys have to go. Nothing's going to be handed to you guys, especially being from Vancouver, which is like the black hole of pro wrestling. It really is. It, you know, there's a lot it's of great like talent, isolated, there's yeah. but you hardly get noticed, which is why we bought that ticket to go to Toronto because the East Coast is where it's happening. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing you told us. You're like, hey, you know what? If that means you guys have to move to Toronto and get work out here, do that. If you have to go to Germany, because you were talking about how you used to invest the time right. to go out there and work in a place like Germany, Japan. So that all that advice, it helped us down the road. Mm-hmm, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I went to Europe because of you. Oh. I remember you uh, told me, hey, I went to Germany. And then I, I remember, okay, Chris went to Germany. I'll buy a ticket to go to England. Oh, just I, showed up? I just literally just showed up to England and just... And why didn't you go, Gerv? Uh, Too big of a star. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Marriage. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. The ultimate uh, buzzkill, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but so when you guys were talking about, like, when you guys were training, who did you train with in Vancouver? So actually, I got my start, Gerv, here. I got my start in 2004 with the Hearts in mm. Calgary. And this was just before, like, maybe a month before they sold the Heart House. So I showed okay. up not knowing they were selling the house. You guys are just showing up. That's your gimmick. Right? <laughs> That's our gimmick. We just show up. Well, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do to make it. So. Did you try and call anybody and couldn't get I, in touch I think with I wrote them? a letter and I got a letter back saying, hey, they pay us this much money and we'll trade you. Not, <laughs> okay. I wasn't told that the house is being sold. So oh, I see. I showed up. You know, I, 
And I, the most I learned, I think, was a tackle, drop down, get it again spot. Who was teaching you? I had Bruce. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Right, yeah. so I had Bruce teaching me. And Ross but you paid was, your money, though. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and um, the very first bump I took was from TJ Wilson. Oh, and really? The first body slam was from Natty, so Harry was down there. Everyone was down there, which is how we know them. And spent about two and a half months down there and then moved back to Vancouver. And that's when we started training with ECCW. Uh, gorgeous Michelle Starr. Michelle Starr, yeah. yeah so. His name just came up somewhere else. He's kind of like the, uh, the 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 cornerstone of Vancouver wrestling yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. right? He's kept it alive for years over there. They still have the really fried uh, blonde hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him in a couple of years. I'm pretty sure it's there. <laughs> if it's still there, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, you know, started with Starr and Vance Nevada, Scotty Mack. Mm. Right. Did you start at the same time too, Harv? Yeah, I pretty much started like a couple months later and then... I mean, a lot of the stuff we did was just traveling on the road across yeah. Canada. Like, you know, after a while, you realize there's only so much you can learn in a school. Mm-hmm. And so up in Canada, you just get in your car and drive 12 hours to Lethbridge and then right. nine hours to Winnipeg. And you know, I love the fact that you guys, now that you're in the WWE, and it's so cool to see because it's, it's um, I don't know if the word is wonder or you're very thankful because you'll be posting pictures like, here's where we watched you know, I think you guys were just in Vancouver. Here's where we watched WrestleMania 8 from these seats yes, or whatever it may yes. be. And you guys go sit in there. And it's pretty cool to watch your journey now that you're actually in the WWE. That live event happened uh, a couple of months ago. and Yeah, so people ask, how do you remember where you sat back in 96? Because we kept all our ticket stubs from all the years of watching wrestling. So, yeah, during that live event, we walked right up the steps and we sat in the same seats. And Do you remember what seats they were? Oh, not right now. <laughs> Did you grab the ticket? Yeah. yeah, yeah go on Instagram yeah. check. <laughs> you're, not, you're not that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are big WWE fans and your kids? Yeah. Yeah. That's all we got back in Vancouver. Well, I mean, just wrestling yeah, fans in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was that was all we yeah, did. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like That's all we wanted to do when we were kids. Who, 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 I mean, you're older? I'm you're, older by, by three years. By three years. Yeah. Okay, so... Was it always the plan to kind of be a tag team? Pretty much. I think, yeah, we kind of knew we were going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of, we got graduated from high school and everybody's going to college and university. And we're like, well, it's time to go to wrestling school. Right? And that was the deal we had with our parents. They're like, as long as you have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And they're like, go to finish up college or go to university. Have right. something to fall back on because you don't know. And that was a deal I had with my parents before I went to Calgary to start training with the Hearts. What was your fallback? Uh, criminology. All right. How about yeah. you? Uh, I did a uh, minor in acting. So. Oh, because you actually did. Did you go to Bollywood and do yeah, some stuff there? Yeah, I actually did movies out there. And that's where the whole Bollywood boys. That, which and was that your actually name. came through because we had a couple of years ago. We did extra work in Portland, and that was Hunter was like, "Hey, you're doing this Bollywood gimmick. Why don't you go make it?" A real thing. That's when I was like, okay, it's time to go try that out. And so hold on a second. So, so, crazy. so, so, so Ger- <laughs> I just showed up in Bollywood. <laughs> Gerb puts up the time and takes criminal criminology. <laughs> and Harv takes minor in acting. What's the major? I didn't finish it. That's the thing. <laughs> well, you got the easy one. That's yeah, I know. Jeez, eh? <laughs> man. That's great. So, so it was because I got that too. Actually, it was uh, Jesse the Body Ventura who told me to get a backup when I met him on a street corner one time. And uh, so that's why I went into journalism to have the backup plan. But there was really no option. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to go become a freaking reporter. It's kind of just do it to fill time. I just did to fill time and to placate my parents, and because Jesse the body told me to. But you know, like I said, so so when you guys started in the business, like you mentioned, Vancouver, because even for WWE, we don't go there no, a lot. I can probably count on one hand, possibly one and a half, the amount of times I've been to Vancouver in seventeen years. Wow! Because it used to be at the gym. Excuse me, GM Place, yes. the big hockey yeah. arena, and then they downgraded it to like the agricultural center or yeah, something like Agridome. that. Yeah. Agrodome, like the PNE yes. yeah, Agrodome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're moving basically from a giant arena to like a little, you know, horse 
horse hall. Yeah. You know, but so how did you guys get out of Vancouver uh, and start making your way out there? Well, that was it. Like Harv was saying, uh, we started making, getting on the Trans-Canada Highway, going town to town, you know, place to place. And then also going to a lot of the camps that were being held in the States. So we would go to Harley's camps, go to uh, OVW to do Rip Rogers camp, just anywhere where we saw that WWE agents were going to be there watching because we knew that was our ticket in. Well, so, the big, one of the big things, I remember reading Edge's book, and I remember in being grade 11, and I wrote down every tour he did. Because, mm-hmm. again, Canadian independent guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I'm going to make it, if me and my brother are going to make it, we got to you know, emulate the success of guys who made it. And we realized staying in one local place, which a lot of guys do out in Vancouver and Calgary. Right. They just stay there in Big Fish, Small Pond type of deal. I'm like, we can't just stay here. I remember going to Vance, Nevada. I'm like, hey, how do we get out there? How do we make our name? He's like, have you heard of the Tony Candelo Hell Tour? I'm like, yes, I want to do this. That was the very first big tour we did. I'm like, I want to get out of Vancouver. I don't want to stay in Vancouver. I'd rather go to Saskatchewan. I'd rather go somewhere else, but then rather be in Vancouver. That's how I kind of started. We just like, let's get out And we thought that was our ticket, being working for Candelo, because you worked for Candelo and Christian. Everyone was (laughs) You worked for for Candelo, you made it. (laughs) These Canadian guys worked for them, and they made it to the WWE. We're going to have to work for Candelo and make it to the WWE as well. I'll tell you what, when I was in Calgary training, I couldn't wait to go to Winnipeg to work for Tony Candelo. Like, holy smokes, what a thing. And then you get there, and then the reality of the business starts crashing (laughs) down on you, right? Short Italian dude waiting for you. (laughs) Did you actually call Candelo, or did you just show up at his door, too? (laughs) (laughs) He was the only person that we did not call our eight by tens made it uh through vance and okay he got us all booked so so is your first tour a winter tour then? yes yeah. so tell us about that because you're vancouver boys which is a lot more Jesus. of a I mean, warmer, you could chime in on this too, seattle I, mean, I think i never did a, a northern that, tour oh. no i never actually did a hell tour ever i did a i set up the ring uh, on a on a northern tour uh, in the summertime in eighty you realize so you guys are like, the summer before I toured did before you guys I went fly? to school. No, we were on the yeah we were did the summer Boats version stole. of the hell tour, which is even boat? worse because you couldn't go across the lake. Uh, yeah. So and I was just the lowly ring crew guy, and I was like, you know, <laughs> this I ain't doing this. Anymore. I would have done it, but I was always booked. But so tell us what it was like for um, two Vancouver guys to go to Winnipeg Jesus. and you know well, Manitoba. We booked a uh, Greyhound bus from Van- downtown Vancouver all the way to Winnipeg. Wow, what is yes. that? Four days. Four days. Uh, four, because there was so much snow on the highways and stuff like that, so they had to stop in between it's, and take yeah. longer breaks. No, hold on a second. What's it like going on a Greyhound bus for four days? Well, you must have seen some characters <laughs> on that thing. Just stuff with one eye open, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it smelled bad, and you're like stopping at these weird stops in Canada that like you've never even heard of. Right? 72 hours to get to Winnipeg, I think it was. And then from there, you know the story. is like... You gotta drive all the way up north, mm-hmm. so that was another forty-eight hours. And that's the thing; this is all in the same province. And now people in the states might not get this. Like, for example, the first time I went to ECW and I landed in Philly, and we had a show in Queens, New York, and I was like, "Well, when are we leaving?" They're like, "One o'clock." I'm like, "Isn't the show tonight?" They're like, "Yeah." How long does it take? About two hours. What? Yeah. You can go from one state to yeah. another in two hours. Exactly. But Manitoba and Canada is a giant land, so you it's, can actually go north, and it's going to take you forty-eight hours to get to so northern the thing Manitoba. Is like, Basically, the lakes freeze over, and the only way you can reach a lot of these reserves is by driving over the lake. Right. But plus, a plow goes through the forest, mm-hmm. and so they just leave like branches behind. So it's like the whole journey is this like you know teeter totter ride. It's not yeah. like a smooth ride. It's and an then adventure. You have to make sure you stay between the pylons on the lake because if you go over the pylons, you're gonna sink in a lake. <laughs> you're gonna crash. And you gotta pack your own food. 
Yeah, because everything up in the uh, in the reserves, they get tax breaks up there. Mm-hmm. Is is double the price that you would get in the city. Mm-hmm. So a liter so, of milk is like ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're taking all the craft dinner, all the tuna packets, everything, a protein bars from Vancouver to Winnipeg, and a hockey bag. Yeah. So the <laughs> longest drive was seventy three hours. Oh my gosh! In, within Manitoba. Yeah, because one of the lakes wasn't frozen over, so we had to detour all the way down. Back to Winnipeg and come all the way back on the other wow. side. Wow. Now, for, for our mostly uh, our worldwide audience here, craft dinner is? <laughs> it's just macaroni. But <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> have like 30 boxes of those. <laughs> if you say craft dinner, like, what's craft dinner? Okay, sorry, mac and cheese. Mac and <laughs> cheese. <laughs> it is the best it mac is, and cheese. Is, I haven't right. had it since then. Oh, I, I, I want to have it flowing down to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was on those tours, your first tour? Was, did you just do one or did you do We did two. Uh, two. Okay. Two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of the Vancouver guys, like... Uh, Scotty Mack was on it. Mm. Um, nobody that really kind of broke out from there, but uh, good crew of guys. Good crew of guy. It? Everyone got along well. You saw a couple guys break though. Yeah, because it really tests you mentally. You can easily crack. How, on how do they break? Like you could just see them just sitting in the truck when everybody's like having breakfast inside somewhere, and they're like, "I don't want to. I don't want to move at all." <laughs> and like, their one guy was like teetering back and forth. Like, I just want to go home, man. I just want to go home. And it's like, dude, it's, we've got another week left on this tour. There's no civilization basically out there, right? Yeah. yeah. You're, you got you no- see McDonald's and you're like, oh my god, man. it's <laughs> like the Ritz, yeah. And this is before iPhones really took off and mm-hmm. social media really took off. So you got barely no access to Wi-Fi, nothing. So you're like, you can't contact your family members, nothing. The cool thing is, you guys always had each other. Yes. Yeah. You know, because that's a rare thing when when you started. Like I remember when I started Lance Storm, we're like we're going to be a tag team, and and one of the guys is like, listen, dude, you don't call the shots that way. You know, you'll be a tag team for two weeks, and then you're going to go somewhere, and they're going to take one gun at the other. Was there ever a time when you guys had to face that that decision? When we started out, we started out as singles, actually, and then we both realized, like, why are we on this separate journey? Uh-huh. Like, I think five months later, we, we've been a tag team. Yeah, it was a very short stand over singles wrestling yeah. career. <laughs> I think I beat him for the junior heavyweight, <laughs> Northwest junior heavyweight title. Well, was there ever a time when, when a promoter went, listen, we only got room for one guy, so we'll take one and not the other? Or no, no, nothing ever came up like that. That's, we always got booked. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we always got booked together. And and because I guess obviously too, like you said, the two of you guys together combined, you have something that's that's unique. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, even at that time, there like there wasn't any Indian wrestlers. I mean, and that's hardly played in our favor now. But at that time, there was none. I think Kali was only on kind TV of at that time. But see, that's the, that's the thing that I love about this, and I didn't really finish my thought before because we were just starting. Like, okay, so you guys work your way up the ladder, like you mentioned, just nonstop determination and, 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 and just tenacity to get there. You finally get signed, and we'll go through the whole thing, but it's the fact that they have Jinder Mahal and they want to make some noise in India, and you guys happen to also be Indian, and he's the champion. Boom, you go straight from, like, the outhouse to the penthouse. Yeah, that's the business, it's, it's though. Kind of that's, and, you know, they talk about... Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Timing was everything for this opportunity. Right, completely. And totally unexpected. Dude, we were finishing up yoga class at the PC when I saw a missed call from a 203 area code. Hmm. Uh, we first had like, oh my God. Yeah, like, we had that old oh call, call from Stanford, Friday Hawaii, afternoon like, getting a missed every call bad from a 203. Going your Anytime mind. you see the 203, you think, okay, we're gone. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good run to call up Candelo again. Right? <laughs> we just finished working out at the PC, getting ready for yoga class because we had a Coco show that night. So I see the missed call. I called the number back. It was travel saying, hey, you guys are needed for uh, Tuesday on TV. We're like, all right, cool. And, you know, this goes back uh, to the 205 that we, were, we thought mm-hmm. we were going to go back. And we're like, all right, cool. And then long story short, that Tuesday we show up. They're like, they smartened us up to the whole deal. They're like, this is what's happening. You guys are coming out of the ring. and." Did you know gender before? Oh, yeah. We've known him for like 13 years. Oh, yeah. pretty Calgary guy. Yeah, yeah, right? Calgary. yeah, When I was breaking out in Calgary and training with the Hearts, you know, he was training, I think, with Bad News. 
Wow, so he he must have been he must have been actually probably it's always excited when they give you somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know? And we're we acquainted together. and we've known each other, yeah. so it wasn't like and it fits. Yeah, it looks. Look, I think the package works. It's it like works great. You called it. Remember sitting when we first. Came I remember the very first two hundred five, like the raw before the very first two hundred five. It was me, Gerv, and Jinder. We were just sitting in catering. And we're standing and talking. And you were like, you guys should be a team. And you just walked away. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a bunch of marks. You look, the, right? <laughs> you look at the three of us, you're like, you guys should be a team. You guys Dude, should be a team. I'll tell you what, man. I'm a prophet. I'll tell you the reason why. <laughs> I called John Cena back when no one thought anything of it. I called the New Day as the biggest baby faces in the company when they were trying to make them. Well, they were trying to make them shitty baby faces. I said, you guys be way better as heels than baby faces. Then you got, then Enzo and the Cruiserweight, I called that one. Then you guys being a team, I called that one. I should be booking this place, man. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to write you a check right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the whole 205 thing, but let's kind of go, go back a little bit more. So when you guys started working around doing the Candela Death Tours, was it always just kind of in Canada or did you get gigs any other places? We heard a lot of horror stories to work and of working in the states, so we really never crossed over to go work in the states without work. Feeling. It's a hard. Guys, a lot of guys yeah. got pinched. Like the American board is a lot worse than the Canadian mm-hmm. board. Yeah, we never wanted to like take that opportunity. Band. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you never actually this. You never did the old sneak over the border type. We thing. did a couple of times, mm-hmm. but that was just because the payday was really good, and we didn't want to miss out on it. But most of the stuff we did in the, on the states with all the camps that we could. Pop so, what was your what was your uh, explanation going to be if you would have got popped? Well, baseball game. <laughs> We're here to watch Two the brown guys go watch our baseball okay, game. Okay, well, right? so then I'm, I'm, let's say I'm the customs officer. Okay, then why do you have these uh, tasseled fancy pants uh, underwears in here? Uh, <laughs> they're for a friend that's going to meet us at the game. <laughs> I, was, I always used to say that, uh, that I'm just going down there for a training session. To learn from somebody. That, we learned that one later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> getting paid? No. Yeah. You know, that sort of a yes, thing. Yes, yes. We were just, just too scared to cross it. We were like, <laughs> you know, you know we're going to go. It's terrifying, yeah. man. You know, it really is because you hear those stories, but someone goes through and they're banned for five years. And from you the can't States, work in the States. You're, you're screwed. Go. Yeah. And we always wanted to get to the WWE. We didn't ever want that mm-hmm. on our record, you know, so that's why we kept it clean as much as possible. So where else did you work before you got into the WWE? Well, I mean, I ended up. Because of you, I went to Europe. I did a couple right. You weeks. mentioned that. Yeah, a couple we did of weeks India. With my family out there. We did India for Rinka King. But but first of all, when you're in Europe and you're at home, oh. Gerv, are you like kind of like jealous? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, we had. I'm like, dude. I'm like, if I'm going, doesn't mean you know you're not going. We how long? How long were you there for? A couple of weeks. I spent, oh, just a short time. Yeah, you know, then that's when really there's so much politics out there. It's hard to get booked really? on shows, and you know, if you, so it was just one of those things where I'm like, I think I did what I needed to do. Did right. you just show up again? It was one of those things. I just showed up. <laughs> just show up. Where, where did you show up? Who did you, what did you know in the <laughs> no, UK? Was, uh, Steve Carino uh, got me in touch with the Knight family, so I showed up there, and they hooked me up with a few shows, and I'm like, you know. You just knock on the door and say, hey. Pretty much, man. I slept in a trailer. I slept in the sl- uh, same trailer that Jake Roberts used to sleep in. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you're talking about paying your dues, so what man. Do so you, what, what do they say when you show up? Obviously, you're not uh, commanding a great deal either. No, it was, I was just told to show up in Norwich. Yeah, and I so I landed in London, and I had to find like a train, and and it's like Norwich is far out. It's not. It is. It's not anywhere close to London. I was like, so okay, so you, so you get to Norwich, and then what happens? And uh, I went to a training seminar, and then uh, they were like, oh, this is where you're gonna sleep. It was like a okay, okay. but they were, they were really good to me. They cooked for me, and. So you stayed there for a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple so. weeks out there. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I love how Gerber was like, I was so jealous. It was two weeks. <laughs> but you made your money, right? I made my money. Yeah, and I was, it was, again, it was one of those things. I'm like, I think, okay, it's not, this is not my break. You mm-hmm. know, I had to be honest with myself. I mean, I was looking for that break. I'm like, it's not going to come from here either. Just because I need to stay here for a long period of time. Right, right, right. A month wouldn't have done anything either. No, yeah, you're and talking so like, six months a Yeah, year. six months. And so being a tag team, I'm like, okay, it's just. I made my money, got to see a couple of things, and I think we need to go back. And 
I believe that right after that, I, we got uh, Global Force. So yeah. Like, how, how did you guys end up in India? That was through uh, Jeff Jarrett. Okay, Rink. so what was that Ring Kicking? What was that? It was supposed to be like a season uh, series where they would do episodic shows. And so we got flown in. Uh, we got the call to come. Nobody had heard of us, but they, I guess they had saw our uh, package and our 8x10 sitting on their desk. So we got the call from, from the <laughs> TNA office. Who saying, just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> saying, um, you know, uh, Jeff's looking to put together this product uh, called Ring Kicking. Uh, obviously, you guys are Indian. We like. Does that mean something in India? King of the ring. King oh, okay. 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 <laughs> so we're like, all right, cool. Well, and that that was, that was pretty much our big break. You know, getting to work in India in front of the audience, and you know, getting our name out there. Good crowds. Very good crowds. Uh, there were those uh, paid crowds where mm. they would bring them in, but I mean, I don't know if you've seen footage of Scott Steiner starting riots. Yeah, no. they had to call the cops. What did yeah. he do? Almost shut down the whole. Well, show. he comes out and he just jumps the barricades. He brushes off all the fans and the crowds going nuts and people are like running out of the building and exiting so that took what well, an hour well for us that was our first time experience with like big time wrestling yes like we went from like bingo halls to mm-hmm. like this was actual stage camera okay wrestling. gotcha we didn't know anything about hard camera we didn't know anything about like you know working the live audience like we never really done a tv promo so for us that was like wow we made it we didn't like, know there was such thing as rehearsals you yeah, know we're right. watching people <laughs> rehearsing we're like what's going on here and it's like but then plus there was like chavo guerrero was on there you know steiner was on there Jarrett, Sanjay, all these big name guys, and we were kind of like the two guys who nobody knew about. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, wow, this is our opportunity here. And, and it was just like one of the most amazing experiences of our life. I remember our bus being chased in Pune, India. We were like thinking back to remember when Bret Hart went to India as a kid, and we we're like, wow, he got chased in India. And chased by fans? Yeah, yeah, by fans. Like adoring fans? Yeah. yeah. Or okay. oh, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to throw rocks. But it was just like, I remember it was like you 23, 24, the most surreal experience ever. How was it for you? I remember like the first time I walked into WCW locker room and just walking in and it was like, okay, there's Lex Luger and there's Savage and there's Flair and there's Anderson and there's Sting and there's me. And just being like, holy shit, am I ever out of my element here? But then having to slap myself and go like, this is it now. You got to get in this element. Was it like that for you guys? Oh, you know, fast forwarding a little bit. I think I felt that when we came to WWE. Right. That time didn't feel at that time. You're just young and hungry and you're like. And everybody's... Yeah. And they had a lot of uh, non-trained Indian wrestlers there, too. So, you know, they were, like, below us. Mm. So we kind of had felt like, okay, at least we, we can <laughs> yeah. work. The Indian guys yeah. can work, at least. That's yeah. one thing you guys always could put on a good match. Yeah, yeah. and that, that was the thing with us is, like, we knew that going in that we were the only non... The only talent here that was non-WWE or TNA at mm-hmm. the time. We were the only indie guys that were brought in because we were Indian. So we had something to prove. Mm-hmm. We didn't want right. to just be those guys that were here because we are Indian. Especially with guys like Steiner, a very intimidating guy. Yes. Doesn't doesn't say much, you know, and he's, yes. you know, you're looking at him like, holy smokes. But, yes. I mean, i got to thank Jeff Jarrett for that because at that time we didn't know who we were as performers. Mm-hmm. I remember he sat us down and he, like what he wanted from us. He's like, you guys have something a lot of guys don't. It's charisma. And we never thought about that. We was always about the match, match, match. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you guys got TV beauty. You guys can sell yourself as a tag team, the Bollywood boys. He made us understand that that's actually a stick. That's a cool gimmick that we can market. And we never, ever, ever, even when we used to send packages to WWE or wherever, never used to sell ourselves as the Bollywood boys, as this cool mm-hmm. dancing group. I mean, that's when we started dancing, actually. We were the Bollywood boys before that, but we never used to dance. And, mm. you know, they told us, hey, guys, dance. And I so, remember Mickey James specifically telling us, she's like, don't worry about this in-ring stuff as much as that entrance that you guys are going to have for 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's your moneymaker right there. And that's when it dawned on us, like, this is actually a TV show. 
that entrance is going to be everything for us. It's so funny how everyone makes that transition to where you start realizing that a five-star match means nothing. Yeah. It's, it's the five-star ring entrance and the five-star gimmick and the five-star personality that matters about anything. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I, I was just talking about that some, to somebody about that earlier today. It's like, I don't care about taking bumps or anything anymore. It's all about what's the storyline and when, what's, what's the journey to get there. It means so much more. But you don't think about that when you're a kid. No, yeah. we just wanted to get all our spots. Yeah, get all your shit in, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like, oh, do this crossbody. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember we even talked about that, about Bollywood boys. It's like you guys should have the Bollywood boy outfits or some kind of a, like, yeah. over the top when you watch, like, one of those Bollywood musicals. Everyone's yeah. wearing all that. We, I think I did. I look some stuff up and yeah, send you, it to you. I, you know, absolutely. Or did you send it to me? Or? No, absolutely. You did. You told us to get a highlight reel put together. You're like, don't just put a bunch of moves together. Put a highlight reel together with some Bollywood music and entrances behind it. And and that was after what you're talking about was after 205. When yeah. We talked to you and you were like, make it even bigger. Yes. Presentation. Right. Yes. Because we then it's the whole like coming from the independence to WWE where you have to revamp everything and mm -hmm. you know and that's where you were telling tell us make it even bigger and make it even a bigger spectacle. and you're like if it's loud and over the top good yeah they can always Vince always says I can always tell you to pull it back yes but I don't know how far you can go if you don't show me exactly the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, this is Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Picture this. Rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st, 2018 from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Support for this podcast comes from UCSF Medical Center. UCSF Medical Center is ranked the number one hospital in California by U.S. News & World Report. UCSF Health. Redefining possible. This, this is Talk is Jericho. So tell us, how did you end up getting signed by, by WWE and ended up in 205? Ah, uh, what was it? February? Yeah, so February of last year, 2016, just randomly after years of just sending out emails, phone calls, we get an email saying, hey, um... We are interested in starting this new show called the Cruiserweight Classic, and we'd like to have you guys a part of it. And at first, we were like, oh, but we're a tag team. We're not a singles wrestler, and how do we go about it? But, uh, you know, that's how we initially got the the start with that, and we got brought down. And uh, Yeah, I mean, it, everything happened so fast at that time, the paperwork and everything. And again, like, we were like, oh, we're a tag team. And then we talked to Adam Edge, and he was like, that's your, regardless, he's like, that's a opportunity to showcase who you are. If they want you as a tag team after they can have you, then we got brought down. Um, it was three separate uh, tapings. We got eliminated in the first taping, but yeah. I remember specifically when we came down, like the second day we talked to Hunter. Like we were like, no matter what, we're just going to pull him aside and be like, it's do our up. sales pitch. Yeah. It, you told us this actually. It's that you have an elevator pitch. 
That was your exact What's words. an elevator pitch? Yeah, if you, you have 10 seconds, you put yourself over. <laughs> wow. You told us this. That's a smart thing. I didn't. I, gee, you, you probably just like a bunch of marks. Right? No, I, I must have read that in a book that day or something. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I talked to you. That's a great you, yeah, elevator pitch. You're like, so you're have saying, a 30-second pitch. Because if he's if you for, got on the elevator and you only a, have that time, right? 30 yes. seconds with them, what are you going to do? And we quickly pulled Hunter aside. We're like, this is who we are. This is what we can offer. And, and we reminded him of the story that we had with him a, a year or two before that when Harv packed up his stuff yes. to go to India to go try his luck in Bollywood. And we're like, listen, you know, we're doing this, we've done that. He's done music videos with some of the biggest, you know, singers in India and done movie work and whatnot. And we're just pitching all these ideas. And we were told, you know what, everything you guys have done up up to up until now is fine. What you guys do in the ring is going to be the one that finally gets you that mm-hmm. yes or no. And, man, we were very nervous going into our matches just because we knew this is it. Like, this is but make or break for I us. think at the same time, we knew we were different. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had gimmicks. We had characters. And I remember you guys would always say, like, you know, you have any advice? And it's like, at this point, you guys just got to go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, you, you, when, you, when you get to the WWE, it's not by mistake or by coincidence. They've been following you. They've been watching. And now you got to show what you know how to do. Yeah. And that yeah. was it. We felt very confident going as far as who we were in the ring. Like, we knew we were the Bollywood boys. And we knew if we just do our are dancing and all that stuff and go over the top, we'll be just fine. And at that time, we had no pressure on ourselves. Yes. Um, I remember thinking, man, if this is it, I mean, I'm five foot eight, under 200 pounds. I made it to the WWE right. once. Yeah. Out of all the people that ever told me you'll never make right. it. Right. Dude, I made it. I remember that's what we were thinking. Yeah. We told ourselves on the plane, like, we don't get contracts. Dude, we made it this far. Like, mm-hmm. Being told you'll never make it, well, we made it. And so we just... I appreciate that too. It's even like the same like with guys because like, I was told that at five eleven. Mm-hmm. So now the business has morphed a little bit to where a five eight or like a guy like James Ellsworth. Same thing. It's like I'm sure, and you guys probably had it because I had it. Like when you told people you were going to be a wrestler, or when Ellsworth told people he was going to wrestle, people were like, "Whatever, yeah. you." Yeah. Ah! Yeah. And then you made it to the to the big leagues. Even if even if you play one game in the NHL, yeah, you played. You one still game played one game in the NHL. Yeah, you wore the jersey once. Yeah, of course you always want more. Yes. But yeah. at the very least, yes, you got that. So that's what you're thinking. So you guys had singles matches in the 205s singles matches in the cruiserweight classic tournament and after we got eliminated we were actually brought down again for the remaining of the tapings mm-hmm. for dark matches and whatnot, which was a good sign as a team yeah as a team yeah so we, get, we kept being brought back we're like that's a kind of good sign because we're having dark matches mm-hmm. each who, taping who did you have your singles matches with i worked uh noam dar okay I, I was drew gulak so whose match was better <laughs> i think mine was <laughs> i'm sure you guys analyzed it at length <laughs> the first, yeah you know the first time you're reading everything online oh yeah like, oh, oh man we stopped because that drives you, 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 you can't you can't uh judge how your match was by going online no yeah. you know when you walk out of the ring yeah, if it's good or bad exactly. and that's the same thing i feel that no matter what vince says or anybody i know if it was good i know if it was bad and if you don't agree well that's i don't i just I no, totally you know so so when you guys started doing the tag team thing because then you when they started 205 you actually came up and were on the show very first match oh wow yeah very yeah. first match on the very first episode of 205 and we were the they had a whole feature on us and everything and Good outing and everything will look fine. Yeah. <laughs> you and then dun, dun, dun. Uh, Drew Gulak and Tony Nese. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And then what? Then dun, dun, dun. What uh, happens? The next week we were told, we were brought back and we were told afterwards, after the night was done, that, uh, you know, we're going to be getting sent back down to the PC for further development and character work and whatnot. Um, and that, that was that. it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and we were obviously, uh, we were rattled. We were rattled. Oh, yeah. It, we it, rattled. it really shook our confidence. Mm-hmm. We were like, Okay, so what happened here? Like we we didn't get answers really, but we were just like, okay, we gotta have to make the most of what we are gonna be doing at the PC now. 
I remember that conversation. Yes, yes. You guys were so upset. It was just kind of because I think it was like, uh, you know, it was like you experienced the main roster yes. before even NXT. So, like, it was weird. Like, in today's day and age, everybody goes to NXT and comes up, and all the cruiserweights, nobody really went through the PC system. And right. right away, you get the main roster, and then you get brought down to PC. Sure. It's like, what did I do wrong? You know, we're, you, we're you, you guys were taking it as a real demotion. Yeah, well, we were just like, we were rattled. We were just like, where do we go wrong? What do we do? What can we do better? And then we were like, okay, you know what? If this is what we're going to have to do, because we were starting from ground zero. We started with uh, Coach Brookside in the beginner's class. And oh, so they put you right down to the right bottom. Right down at the bottom. And honestly, you told us, watch, this is going to be the best thing that's going to happen for you. And that was the best thing that happened for us. When, when was that? Uh, this was a January. Yeah, we got sent down in December, November. and then we started at the PC right at the end of December. There was a two-week Christmas yeah. break, so we actually Because I remember January. I was driving down yes, the road yes, somewhere, yes. and we, we had a group call. Yes, we yeah. did. And talked about it, because yeah. I remember you guys were so disappointed. And yeah. I said, like, it's better for you guys, because yeah. now you don't have to guess. And being at the PC was the best thing that happened for us, because working with Coach Brookside, um, he brought out a side of us that we did not know that existed, mm. that aggression, the heel. And that's when we were like, okay, maybe... Well, going back to, we, we lost our confidence. Yeah, after, totally. Like, you know, you get told, you, you know, you have all these dark matches, and you're like, oh, yeah, and then you have this huge video package, and then it's like, ah, well, you know, you're actually going back down. Right. And we just, like, totally, like, oh, like defeated. Yeah. And for like, a couple of months, like, we were just like, what do we do? Is this the end? Like, all mm-hmm. these unanswered questions. And I remember just the two months with Brookside, he built our confidence up, like, one day at a time, man. Mm. I just remember, like, leaving his class, just giving him a big hug, being like, thank you. You know, I had a the, my very first WCW match, which was in '96. I worked with Mr. JL, the uh, amazing uh, original name for Jerry Lynn under a mask. Nice. But um, we had a match, and and I had never worked TV time before. I think we had six minutes, and I was still coming out of Japan, and I, it was not a good match. And I remember Terry Taylor saying, to me, "Do you even know what you're fucking doing?" Fucking was the word he used. Kills your confidence. Dead. Shattered. Like. This all these years to get to the states, and I've been a star in Japan. I've been a star in Mexico. My first match in, I just stink out the joint with a really good worker, and it probably wasn't that bad of a match, but that's what he said, and no confidence, and I, yeah. and I was scared. I didn't. You don't know what to do. Yeah. How For do a I work? Guessing yourself, like yeah, well, do I even know what I'm doing anymore? Which is why we wanted to talk to you. We're like, what are we doing? That's when you're like, you know what? Come up with all the ideas you can possibly present to them. Mm-hmm. And we were writing down things and. Writing, sending emails, making phone calls, and we were going out to like local Indian shops in Orlando, buying all these gimmicks that we can possibly use as the Bollywood boys. I think a big thing actually, we we realized we needed to turn heel. Yes, because the whole Bollywood it was so baby face. It was mm. like nineteen eighties. Yeah, and we, me and Gerv were going back and forth, like, do we turn heel? Do we turn not like face? And and like, Shawn Michaels, who just started at the PC, watched one of our PC live matches. Mm. And he pulled us aside. He's like, you guys need to go heal. He's like, if you're going to stay babyface, you're dead in the water. Here. Right. He's like, I, he's like, I see what you guys are trying to do. It's like what Marty and I were doing back in the day, but it worked in the, in the 90s. It's not going to work in today's wrestling. How cool is that Shawn Michaels is giving that, and, that, yeah. that advice? Yeah. I mean, then going back to best thing happened at the PC, like, yeah, yeah. Months, like working with Shawn. See, but it makes perfect <clears throat> sense. So if you're talking, okay, so, and, and this is just the world we live in, the country with obviously being Bollywood. So you're going to have, you know, people booing the foreigners. Yes. I mean, I can come out as a Canadian and get booed. You guys even yeah. more so the brown <laughs> guys and smaller guys as baby faces. It's so much easier to be a heel. You can be the, the little, you know, little pit bulls that are just coming in there and getting your shit in. Yeah. Plus with the ethnic thing over the top Bollywood, that's the world we live in. It's xenophobia. People are going to boo you. Yeah. Right, that's exactly then we were like, and then that's when we started kind of getting our confidence back. I mean, I remember a big confidence booster was we got the dark match for WrestleMania TakeOver. 
Mm. I mean, where there's a hundred guys at the PC, it's packed down there. Right. And I mean, remember Coach Bloom was like, "Hey, you guys got the dark," and we were just so thankful. That's yeah, great. even it was just to put over two guys. It was we're like, like six minute match. But this is like, gonna be great. That was in Orlando, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's when our confidence started rolling. We were like, oh, "Now we're feeling it." And that's when we were working and building that relationship with uh, Coach Michaels. We were having Steve Carino was a big hand at the PC. So in six months, there's so many coaches that we we're so thankful for. And again, going back. Spending those six, seven months at the PC was the best thing for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Building that relationship. Learning how to cut promos. There's one way yeah. to cut a WWE promo and an indie wrestling promo. Learning how to stand in front of a camera, holding a mic, angling yourself. All these things were so foreign to us. And once we were having those weekly yeah. classes and promo classes, we're like, okay. Finding where the hard camera yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you watch our like first 205 mic, like, you really don't know where the cameras are. Right. Like, that's what you learn. Because you've never experienced it before. Never, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the thing. And the, no, there's nothing more nerve-wracking than cutting a promo in front of like 30 of your peers. And Shawn Michaels, or Shawn you know, Michaels, or, Steve Crino, you know, yeah. Coach Bloom, all the you know guys yeah. that are holding the decisions, you know, so, yeah, yeah, holding the keys to your future, yeah. right? See, and that, I, when I came in from WCW, I did not know how to put together a match. I mean, WCW was different because no one. When I first came to WWE and saw initials by each match, like what are those? Oh, that's the agent for the match. Now it's producer. What does that mean? Well, that's the person that helps you with your match. Really? <laughs> Nobody ever helped us with our match in WCW. Just sit down and put together a bunch of stuff. And then coming in here and not having any idea what to do. I, I would have loved to have had a couple weeks in NXT, yeah. the equivalent of whatever that was at the time, just to say this is how it works. Yes. It been, I figured it out quickly because I've been working for nine years. But it had, I, I dug a hole because I didn't know. So I had to come out of that hole. Yeah, especially for Harv and I. Like, you know, where we came from, the indie wrestling up in Canada, there was no, like, TV shows, TV wrestling, nothing. We were all just doing bingo halls. Mm-hmm. So from going from a bingo hall community center to, you know, 205 Live on the WWE Network, not knowing how to make an entrance, how to, you know, in, in, in an arena, in an arena full of. I remember specifically that that match is like when our music hit, nobody reacted. Mm-hmm. And so we stopped dancing because immediately we thought, oh, nobody likes us. Yeah. And so we're like, let's just get to the ring. Right. You know but if you think when no one, there's no sound, there's yeah. no noise, you're and like, we, uh, we were like just. And it wasn't like nerves. It was just like, okay, they don't, they're not reacting. So why am I dancing? They're not buying this. Why yeah. am I pandering yeah. to them? Right. Yeah. So, just, so I mean, like, then you can realize, well, but you just heel, dance and you just get your shit in and right, just right, dance right. and get the gimmick over. And you, you don't hear, realize. You hear that. the music and the cheers in your head. Yes. Yeah. That's all you need. And just go nuts. You know what I mean? It's like, well, all right, whatever. And we're trying to like make the Crowd dance like indie wrestling, especially, especially as babyface indie wrestlers. And Vince you know? and Gorilla, he's probably like, what the hell is uh, going he's on? Pro- he's probably the one that made the call to send you guys back. I would say, yeah. you know, and that's fine because, like I said, and that's what a good coach or a good general manager yeah. does. These guys aren't ready yet. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Why would you be? We I think I even said it to you. Why would you know any better? You've exactly. never done this before. No, and it, you know what? That was that's when our gear started spinning. That's why we had that phone call with you. We're mm. like, okay, what do we do? What do, and you're like, throw everything at them. Right, right, right. So when you finally get the call, doing yoga in the PC class, which is great. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, you guys said you came, you came from under the ring, or how did you do it? We made our debuts on SmackDown under the ring, grabbing uh, Sami Zayn's legs. So how, did you have to hide under the ring? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so uh, when did they bring you down there? They loaded us up, I think, right before the match they started. Match, we're down there, we're like, fair enough. <laughs> right? like, we have one thing to do. Luckily, right? we had a monitor down there, so we had the, you know, we, we knew the wrong foot or something. <laughs> and that's when they turn the lights out for a commercial break, yeah, and you yeah, put yeah. the little dark hoodie on yes, and go sir. underneath the thing, right? Yeah. If that was me, I would have had you guys under there before the show started, oh, just to rip you. <laughs> leave, leave a bucket. Oh, there are already six guys in that ring, and we were like, oh, man, I hope this board is weird, break. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can hear it. it's hard being under the ring. Yeah. I think we've ever discussed that before on the show. Like, when you go under there, and the ring is it's not as much room as you think because no, there's. 
there's tight, tarps yeah, yeah. and there's toolboxes and tables and all the different stuff. Uh, Hornswoggle's house, I believe, is under there. <laughs> but and, and then when the when the thing when you take a bump, someone takes a bump. It sounds like it's going to fall on you. The beam is so close to your head. Yeah, you're like, oh, that was close. <laughs> Watch me get knocked out. Forget the, you know, the and then you're wondering, what, is this my cue? What do I do? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they put a monitor under there. So, oh, the monitor, so we're right? lucky to have somebody down there with us. With oh, okay. The and everything. Yeah. They, they, they were making us. sure you weren't going to screw it yeah. up. Yeah, no, not this time. <laughs> was, was that with Randy? No, no, that, this was a, it was a, like a six pack challenge. Oh, right, right, right. This right. is when, contender. yeah, this is when Jinder's just, start, you know, he went over in that match and that's when he became the number one contender. And even then, when we had that call up, we were like, we weren't sure what's going on with us because right. could this be a one-off? Could this be something that's going to happen like six months from now? And so we we're just taking it day by day. Mm-hmm. So then you start working the program with, with Ginger versus Randy. Yes. And that's when you guys started getting your name out because Randy just dumped you both on your head. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we're like, who are these guys? Well, Coach Michaels told us, he's like, uh, if you guys have one or two bumps in a match, make sure they remember you. <laughs> wow. So th- was that just a – was you, you jumped so easy for him or were you so – like, a, I, I think he's just know, that wait, strong. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> – I think hey, I'm he, alive. That's what I think he dumped. It might have been you, Harvey. Dumped you on your head, and you, I saw his face. And he's just like, Oof. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> but it's funny. That's the, the. I think that one bump went so viral. Yeah. Right, and the, people, like people started, who are these guys? And like, before that, we were kind of just. Like, well, as long as you're okay. You oh know yeah, I'm mean? all right. Yeah. I, we have about, I'd say, you know, five or six of those type of bumps in our lifetime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know. For us, it was like this is a huge opportunity for us to work with Randy Orton, mm-hmm. with Jinder, you know, and we were, like, sitting in all the matches that, you know, being how, how they were putting it. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of, it's, for us, it's kind of like, it was like finishing class. Yes. You know, you go through the PC, and then it's a real cool opportunity for us. I wish more guys would experience this, where it's like, you're not working right away, but you get, like, six months with all these main event guys listening to how they put together matches, how they work. Right. It's like being in, like, like the last class sure. in PC, like, okay, this is how it's done. Yeah, what, a, what a great experience to listen to how guys put together I mean, matches. again, the being smaller guys, we would have never, ever worked Randy Orton. No. Like, ever in our career. Maybe a handicap match or maybe, something with maybe, three-minute maybe squash. Maybe get battle royal, get thrown <laughs> yeah. out. But it's yeah. like, for three months, we got to work with them hands-on, you know, got some really cool spots and matches, pay-per-views, and he was like, man, again, thanks to him, like, I think he really put us like, mm-hmm. on the WWE On map, the map, right. Right, because working with him, he was so gracious and grateful and... And just very giving. Have you had any uh, any advice or any uh, uh, not confrontations, but any experiences with Vince? Not nothing too much at the moment. Uh, mostly just you know any feedback, and he'll just say good stuff, bad stuff, or whatever it is. But uh, nothing to the point where like you yeah. know we're like um, he never sat you down and said this is what I want from you guys. No, no, no. I I'm sure it was his call to have us under the ring and whatnot, but it was never like brought to our attention. Well, the mm-hmm. main thing he's told is like, we got to be like little pit bulls. Yes. Right. Well, that's yeah. what we said earlier. Yeah. yeah right. So and that's like, why it works. Cause like I said, especially with, um, the, the fan base that we have with a lot of kids, everybody understands the pack, you know, the bullies beating yes. up the one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it works so well. And that's what we are right now. You know, we're yeah. just guys that are, you know, around gender, we're all big and bad and tough. But when he's not, when, you know, when he's, he's not, not around, there, we're like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. have you guys had a match yet since this? Yeah, we worked Nakamura the night after SummerSlam, actually. Oh, like two on one? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it was a quick yeah. one, but, you know, something to get started, you know. How did you like working with him? It was easy. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy. Very, very, uh, very giving. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it goes back to right now. We understand our spot. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to bump well, we got to sell well. And so let me ask you this. If you're thinking about guys, that, uh, the one guys that come to mind is when Edge had uh, Ca- uh, Hawkins and uh, Ryder as the yes. Edge heads, right? Yes. And then when that angle is over, they move on. So what do you guys have? Do you have ideas and thoughts and plans knowing that this gender thing is not going to last? The association yeah, not gonna I last mean, forever? obviously, like, we got to realize that 
like the lifespan of something like this is not forever. Mm-hmm. You know, we were brought up for a specific reason is to help gender. And eventually it's going to be like, hey, you guys aren't with them. It's going to happen. And so for us, we know we have that Bollywood thing in the background. Right. It's, it's kind of like it could be brand spanking new. It's mm-hmm. never been done on, you know, on cable a na- television. On a cable right television. Now. Well, we did that. The Bollywood Boys was only on the network. You got to mm-hmm. remember, only the network audience saw us as the Bollywood Boys. With the yeah. castles on. We can still be the Singh Brothers, but with the Bollywood Boys. Sure. Stick, the Bollywood right? Boys is a good name. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, uh, speak, like Edge, he told us, he's like, right now, just get your names out there. Mm-hmm. That's the opportunity you have. And so, we're and we're grateful for the opportunity. Over. Sure, getting that FaceTime and getting name recognition. Exactly. Right? Again, working with guys like Randy, and you know, working uh, with John. You know, have, having that opportunity with to Cena. Work, yeah, with Cena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on SmackDown, there that was great. And you know, listening to him and his mindset and how he puts it together, it's it's amazing. Just again, with Harvest saying, you can't learn this in a classroom setting. Right, right, right. This yeah, like, this is like on the on job. the job training. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When did you uh, get told about your name change? Pretty much the day we got it brought happened. up. I, I don't think, yeah, they were like, I remember when initially they were like, you're not the Bollywood boys. Initially we were like, ah, oh, you know, we've been this character for 10 years. You know, it's like, like, exactly. It's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like our baby, right? But, right. you know, uh, it was just one of those things again. Did they give you a list of choices? No, it's just like, brothers. And this is who you are. It's fine with us. It was great with us because all East Indians have Singh in their middle name. Really? Yeah. So All like, East Indians Pretty do. much. Like, uh, like Punjabis. All right. Punjabis, right? I, I'm, I got a Singh. He's got a Singh. So really? Singh means lion. Oh. Yeah, so we all have Singh in our names. So Gravinder Singh, Harvinder Singh. Yeah. That's how it works. So I, when I had Jinder on the show, he was explaining a little bit more about the religions in India. So are you guys Punjabi? Yes. So that's what Sikh. Jinder is as well? Yes. Yeah. yes. But that's kind of almost the minority in India, correct? Yes. Punjabi is a language. Sikh is a religion. And what's what's the majority in, in India? Uh, Hinduism. Hinduism. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, But is great Kali Punjabi? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you know him at all? Oh yeah, yeah. We we met him at a couple of times as extras as well, and at, he would joke around, walking around with us backstage, like, "Hey guys, tag team," <laughs> you know. But he's always been cool with us, and he we was actually supposed to be the first trainers at yeah, his school. Yeah, he was calling us. Out oh, because, yeah. in I India, in, yeah, I was just, in India at that time, mm-hmm. and I remember he we got in touch with each other, and he was like, "Can you? I'm opening up a wrestling school, and you wanted me to come down." But that time I was filming, mm-hmm. so I'm like, "Can't." You know, I was, sure, like, sure, sure. I was like trying to pick the best of because he literally is like a, a legend. Oh, oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. most famous guy. Like I would say, you're the most famous Indian guy in the he world. Is, yeah. which would I think, in a worldwide basis, he is. He is. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? can't walk anywhere in India, especially in Punjab, northern India, without seeing his merchandise. Oh, what are they? Yeah, I think him and Sina. Really? Yeah, <laughs> and that's what Punjab is, northern India. Yeah, northern India. India. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so when you when you uh, let me ask you this quickly, Harvard, when you talk about Bollywood. Once again, you just show up and what? Just say, "Hey guys, I'm here." And they go, "Here's my resume." You're hired. So, what? what, what explain a little bit about what Bollywood is, because it's something. It's a term that we hear, but yeah. I don't exactly know the the size of it, the extent of it. It, it is the biggest film industry in the world. Hmm. Um, it's basically a Bollywood was termed in the '70s when I think like some writer was like trying to say, "Oh, it's a offshoot of Hollywood." Mm-hmm. But it, uh, Indian cinema has got its own face. I mean. It turns out more movies than Hollywood. It makes more money than Hollywood. Really? The biggest stars in the world are actually Indian stars. Cannes Film Festival did this 100-year anniversary of, of films around the world, and they'd named Shah Rukh Khan, who's a Bollywood actor, the most famous movie star in the world. Really? And it wasn't even Tom Cruise. It wasn't even Brad Pitt. It wasn't Marilyn Monroe. Nobody. It was, it was an Indian actor. Well, how many, how many uh, people are there in India? 1.3. Billion. We mentioned that every week on SmackDown. <laughs> oh, so, tell me what watching. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that part. I went and got some popcorn if you guys are on there. <laughs> so 1.3 billion. So that's obviously the biggest country in the world, which yeah. is why Bollywood stars are the biggest yes. in the world. And what are the movies like? Uh, they're spectacles. They're just like, you know, you got to realize a big population of Indian audiences 
under the poverty line. Mm-hmm. So when they go watch a movie, it's a lot different than saying watching a Hollywood film. You know, they want to like they want the AC. They want to spend three hours there as opposed to an hour. Oh, they just want, get out of the get out of the, 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 out of the heat. You know, really? stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and it's like so they want to see a hero beat up the bad guys. It's mm. hero worship. It's heroism, which Hollywood doesn't always do. It's like the John Wayne sure, syndrome, sure. like where John Wayne would beat up all the bad guys and yeah. take off the girl in the end. That's what Bollywood films. Interesting that you said are. as far as the length of it, because they want to get off the street. Yeah, you know, what, what it is. I so, mean, it, it is changing now. Like a lot mm. of films have, like because they've been nominated for Oscars, they realize there's a big, you know, Western part of the audience. But you'll see loves. a lot more rickshaw drivers inside a movie theater than like you know businessmen. That's mm-hmm. what in India. There's a saying: if you want to become a movie star, get over with the rickshaw drivers. Oh well, because yes, yeah. the common man. Out well, then that, that's the truth for anything in show business. Yeah. You know, rock and roll band or even wrestling. The common. Man. I used to say like when I had a, tons of heat in the WWE locker room with certain people. I, I thought to myself, if I can get over with the mid guys and the opening guys, then that'll be then that'll rise. To yes, the top. Yeah. And that's the same thing with, with like you said, with fans and that sort of thing as yeah. well, you know? I mean I kind of applying to what we're doing right now, we feel like same thing. If we keep bumping well, we mm-hmm. keep doing our You get you get respect. Like, like I said, is like bring Ellsworth up again. Like I got respect from the first night he came in and got the shit kicked out of him by Strowman, but he did such a good yeah. job and they gave him a two line promo and yeah. I remember I remember laughing at him earlier in the day and he knows this story. And then after I saw his match, I was like, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. This ain't some no-name guy that just had never worked before. Mm-hmm. And if you guys are the same. People see you, they, you know, the guys in the locker room as well, don't really know your story like I do or other guys do. It doesn't take long to show them that you guys are the real deal. Yeah. Serious. And I mean, it's, it's been like, like the Punjabi prison where I got a chance to fall off a 15 Let's foot. talk about that. <laughs> Were you guys arguing over who gets to fall? Uh, no, I he, think he I called was like... it right away. As soon as we saw it, I couldn't even get to it. <laughs> but, you know, we were trying to work a way where I was like, hey, maybe you take the bump first and I'll he fall. You right. fall simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, that I'm like, make there's, two ta- there's two announce tables. <laughs> can... I remember seeing Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenka used to argue over who was going over, but reverse. I'm putting you over. No, I'm putting you over. I'm putting you over. <laughs> pretty much the guys, I'm taking the bump yeah. off the cage. I'm taking it. So how was that decided? Uh, I think you called I called it. it. I, I couldn't as soon as the match was announced, I'm like, man. Nah, <laughs> well, I know you called it, but this isn't exactly, in case you haven't figured it out, you don't really get to do what you want all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm looking back now. I'm, I'm, it's crazy. I got approved, and it happened. You know. And did you suggest it for the match? I did. I Initially, I, I suggested Randy, and he was like, oh, that's a real cool idea. Again, I, you know, thanks to him, a lot of things have happened for us. I think well, of course, Randy doesn't care. He's the one that throws you <laughs> off. He's like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Make sure you look like a killer. <laughs> well, that's my job, right? <laughs> no, but yeah, no, and it got approved. And man, I remember uh, initially I rehearsed it like on the bottom, one of the lower rungs. Mm-hmm. And then during the match, I just started, like Randy punched me and you see me selling up. Instead of <laughs> selling down, <laughs> and, and Randy was like, "You're one crazy son of a bitch," and then he gives him the shot. And I'm on the bo- I'm on the on the ground. I'm looking up, and I'm like, "Why is he climbing even further up?" Because that's not what they had rehearsed. <laughs> I'm like, he's going all the way up. <laughs> it was for me. It was like, man, it, like I need to. How, how do we stand out? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. One little spot. Did you fall into the announce table? The announce tables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Sean uh, like the week before. I was like, "Hey, you know." And he gave really good advice. He's like, as like a father figure, he's like, I would say don't do it. But he's like, as a guy trying to yeah. make a name for himself, he's like, I've done crazier things. Of course, yeah. That, that, it's hard to split that up when you're talking about, you know, Shawn Michaels telling you not to do something. Where it's like, dude, you're the one who started it. Yeah. <laughs> the first bump I ever saw from the side of a cage was Sean. I believe, yeah, exactly. And that's match, why we right? went to him because it's like we have so much respect for him. And it's like, mm-hmm. we kind of feel like, let's see what's his take on it. Do we need to do it? Is it even worth it? But. Talking to him was like, you know, a- again, for us, it's all about like, you know, everything that we did with Randy, uh, the, the last three pay-per-views, it was about 
you know, making the most of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Sure. And making everything look good. And yep. that, that's exactly what it is. What do your um, parents think? Is your parent, did your parents come from India to Canada? They came from uh, India to Canada in the 70s. Right. Yeah. So in, in, I'm sure wrestling is kind of a strange concept for them, maybe, other than the fact you guys grew up doing it. Yeah, no, they've supported us since day one, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything that we did, uh, obviously, growing up in Canada, you play every Canadian plays ice hockey. So, you know, <laughs> did you guys? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Were you yeah. so surprised? <laughs> I don't think there's ever an Indian guy in the NHL. I'm not <laughs> sure. There, there needs to be one of these days. <laughs> Maybe our kids will make it. <laughs> but no, we grew up playing ice hockey, thinking that one day we'll get into the NHL. That you know, that, that dream vanished real fast after <laughs> we start wrestling and. No, our parents have been very, very, very uh, giving, and uh, they've blessed us, and they've given us their full blessing for everything. Yeah, they never, our dad never said yeah. like, you know, oh, get an education in a bad way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember one thing that has always stood out to my dad from my dad. Like, he was a bus driver, mm-hmm. and he was a working man since the 1970s. Yeah. And he's like, don't be a number, be a name, because mm-hmm. he's just like bus driver number five, four, six, eight. Mm-hmm. That's what they're gonna remember him forever. He's like, I'm an immigrant, I had to be a bus driver. He's like, you be a name, go be someone great. So that's why he never ever said. You know, why are you doing this? He realized that we had passion for mm-hmm. it and we had love for it. But so he pushed That's us. cool. Even at times when we felt down yeah. on ourselves, like when I went to India, I just packed up my bags and moved to, a, at the end of the day, a country I, I wasn't born in. Mm-hmm. He supported me. He's like, go do this. This is your dream. And Especially yeah. when we got sent down to the PC after 205 because they saw that. They were, they saw, actually, they, the 205 package they put together was great because they had a grandfather on it. They showcased him and everything. When we got sent down, we didn't know how to break the ice, break it to them. Be like, hey, you know, we won't be on TV for a while. So we were trying to, like, kayfabe it a little bit. We're like, oh, yeah, they just want to, you know, they're going to call us again in a couple of weeks. So a couple of weeks turned into a month. A month turned into two months. <laughs> Five months, months later, months. why don't you want to you know, you know, it was kind of like, okay, what's happening? And the, again, even at that time, they were like, don't worry about it. You guys keep doing what you're doing, and eventually things will happen. And, you know, our parents have been, again, they've supported us in everything we've ever wanted to do, mm-hmm. whether it was hockey as kids or wrestling. They were like, just put your 100% in. I like that. we got a couple of good bits of advice. Don't be a number, be a name, yeah. and develop your elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Learning something on talking to 30 seconds is, you know, have something. Absolutely. To to. Last couple of questions. Um, since you guys have been in the WWE, have you had a chance to travel around to different countries? Just it's came back, crazy, actually. Yeah. Uh, From? Japan, China. Nice. Yeah, we got to go to Hawaii. Uh, oh, I saw you guys eating with uh, Ginger in Japan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Barbecue or something. Uh, authentic stuff. That yeah. was some <laughs> best sushi ever. How yeah. did you like going overseas? you never been to Japan before, no, right? No, I mean, you've been to Japan. Yeah, I did one off with uh, Tajiri. Okay. Uh, his Smash Wrestling promo- uh, promotion as mm-hmm. uh, on a world trial basis. Mm-hmm. So that was like a one-off thing. But again, that was when I was 25 trying to make it. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. One thing I realized, like, being in the WWE, it's not as glamorous as people think it is. You're living, literally looking the world through the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's 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 the uh, airport, the bus, the arena, and the hotel. If you're lucky, yeah, yeah. hotel gym. Too, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, oh man. But, so, what, what, you guys, what, what, was it Hawaii, Japan, and China? China yes. Yeah. So tell me, because last year we did uh, London. Philippines, China, and it Jeez. was like the worst tour. It like a horrible <laughs> ever flying schedule. It was forty hours in the air out of a hundred hours. Wow! Jesus. We, I, I, I got so loaded at the last night <laughs> that like Johnny screwed. Ace was kicking me in my room in the morning, telling me to get up and go. I'm gonna go where? He's like, he's like go home. Go I said, where, man? I said I'll take the next flight. He goes, we're in Shanghai. There is no next flight. <laughs> but I mean, you guys had that. That's a lot of flying. Yeah, but yeah. for us, we were so excited and we we're just right. like, so like, oh my god, we're gonna rack up some air miles here. <laughs> 
old gender toys, like it's gonna wear off the second time you go. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, so we went to we went to London in I think of September it was, and then we visited. Sorry, did Europe earlier this summer, and then uh, did South America. So yeah, you know, just been so. Lovely. It's been cool, like traveling the world and living mm-hmm. your dream, and then you realize like a lot of people don't get to do is that. Is it hard to? Because I see what you guys do when you post. You come out, you introduce gender maybe get involved in the finish. Is it hard to not be actually having matches and just, I understand it's your role, yeah. but as performers, are you like, oh, I just want to do more? Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the, you know, our, our ultimate goal is to one day to be world tag team champion. Right. And the only way that's ever going to happen is if you're it's wrestling, actually wrestling matches. matches so, yeah. But again, going back to what you're saying, uh, we understand our role right now and we're making the most of that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, want to get start rolling soon in matches as well. I mean, I think, so many, I think the great first few teams. months were like, we didn't know who we were, what we were doing. Yeah, we it took us a while. We weren't really told. So I think now we realize, okay, this is what we're doing. And if we do this well enough, eventually there, like, you know, there has to be that moment where, yeah. what else can we do with them? And, I'll, and I'll tell you this too, from a from a veteran standpoint, then there'll be a time when you're like, oh, we got another match. I wish we were just doing the get gender. <laughs> we heard that <laughs> ringside thing. <laughs> we actually overheard that conversation not too long ago. <laughs> They're like, guys, appreciate what you guys are doing right now. And we do honestly. Um, it goes back to just make longevity. Mm-hmm. We can do this for six months to a year, and then sooner, hopefully later. I mean, we think about there's guys who turn babyface and yeah. heel and won world titles all within one year. Oh yeah. And so like this, I, we just feel like it's adding more to our. No, you you, you want to think of a 10-year career, not a one-year exactly. career. Exactly. And the best thing about what we're doing right now, we're starting to develop heat. Mm. You know, we come out, we went to Japan, we went to China. We actually get booed out the building as we're coming out, introducing Jenna. As 205 talent, when we first came out, we didn't get any reaction. Right. And you now stopped people, dancing. Exactly. <laughs> now people know who we are. They know our names as the Singh Brothers, and they boo us out the building, which is what we want. See, and that's the thing. Like, okay, it starts as, you know, okay, the Indian thing, but then it just becomes real heat. Yes. Yeah. Like, now these guys are little jerks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're brown, white, green, or red. Yeah. It's like you guys come out. You got the big guy behind you. You yeah. cheat when you have to. That that causes yeah. heat. Like that, yeah. that gives you name recognition and exactly. name value. And then and, you, get, you know, you finally get beat up, and people like to see yeah, you get that's beat the up. Paying to see you get beat it's up. It's simple exactly. psychology that works. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how old it gets, it still works. You know, the foreign heel. Yeah. As long as he's doing his job well mm-hmm. as a heel, he's gonna well, get. As a heel, like you said, it foreign. Yeah. It starts foreign, yeah, and then just goes to heel. Yeah, and then it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. It, whatever the gimmick is, either it's working or it doesn't. Yeah, right? and again, a, a biggest thing for us is not. At first, we were like, oh, are people going to know who we are? But now people are actually understanding who we are as characters. Mm-hmm. And with that, again, I think back, one of the few weeks ago we did this thing where we like wanted to kiss Maharaja's feet. Yes, I think that was really like when we started to get like, people were like oh, look at these guys, like they're they got their hands. Knees. I remember JBL told us after he's like, "You guys are doing something that's a lost art, which is cowardly heels." Yeah, you know, like kissing the feet of the Maharaj. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and like kissing his feet, like that's so like oh, such a I heel these guys. to do. <laughs> You're kissing another man's feet, like yeah. that's awesome. And when we got that uh, promo that day, we were like, "This is awesome. We're this starting to get lines now. So mm. much scope as a character. Yeah. You know, you get to show so much versatility as opposed to being just two guys who stand in the background." Well, sure, because at first they don't know what they got, though. Yeah, you exactly. Know what I mean, right. that, it's a good team and theory yes but how does it really work you know in, in, in an exhibition and we, we all three of us didn't know what was going to happen when we first got brought up was this going to be a one month thing mm-hmm. one week thing and now like six months later still go are you guys ever going to go to india Hopefully, I know they're going uh, raw. December. Going, so oh, okay. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing's based around <laughs> India. <laughs> Tip- typical wrestling, we'll, right? We'll just show up. We'll just show up. Yeah, just show up. Last question. What's your favorite match that you guys have ever had in your career? Is the one that stands out or a couple of them? Oh, man. I, you know, just because we worked so hard for it. And like at the time, we were so rattled and we busted our ass in the PC. 
was the dark match mm. we had at WrestleMania Takeover against uh, Heavy, heavy machinery. machinery. I mean, it, it's not it wasn't the, like it's not the greatest match, but just the story behind behind it, it. being told, "Hey, you're getting sent back," then busting your ass. And yeah, hundred guys in the PC. That's cool. Especially yeah, getting yeah. it was hard hard enough to get booked on live events. Yeah, we weren't getting booked on live events. Local shows, house shows. There's so much talent. There. Even the shows like in Largo. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah. Like, oh wow. Even those were hard to come by. So like getting that match at you know Amway Center in Orlando, WrestleMania weekend. We're, we're on to we're something. We're like we're like finally we're on to something. And knowing that you got it for a reason. Yeah, and we got to work it. Uh, Ajap happened to be there and we were talking to him just as much as we were talking to you at that time and you got to watch it and it was pretty cool feeling that night. I would say that they probably that wasn't a coincidence they're probably already thinking about the gender thing as they put the guys out there and see how they do I'm sure yeah. I'm sure it was something that they thought about. What about those guys? Well, yeah. Let's see what they're like you know Who yeah. knows, right? how, how about, how about a, a match from, from before your WWE days? Indie wrestling Oh man uh well, yeah, we never really kind of touched on it. We, we were the first ever Global Force. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ever. Yeah. And I remember the the time we won the titles in Las Vegas. I mean, that match never got aired. I Who think was that against? Reno Scum. Reno Scum. Yeah. I mean, That's pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. It was, that was fun. Guys, man, it's great. Congratulations. It's been a long road for you, and, uh, and you made it. Thank you. That's All unbelievable. the way from Air Canada Center. Yeah, yeah. no kidding, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid they're going to kick you out of the building oh, here. Right now. Right. <laughs> what you guys don't know is they just showed up. I was supposed to have a podcast with somebody else, but you guys showed up <laughs> instead. Think about it. Our gimmick is just showing up. We were just showing up through under the ring. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, all right, thanks to Gerv and Harv Sierra, the Singh brothers. They were ejected from Sunday's Hell in a Cell match by Talk is Jericho alumni referee Charles Robinson. But even without his henchman, Jinder Mahal still held on to the title in a clean win over Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, kind of a questionable booking decision, in my uh, opinion, but uh, who am I? Uh, anyways, it's time to get your rock on with Fozzie. This Saturday, it's Fozzie Across America. Three shows in three different time zones in three different cities in one day. At 9 a.m., we're in Fort Myers, Florida at the ranch 3 p.m. mountain time in el paso texas at star city studios and 11 p.m. pacific time in las vegas nevada at the hard rock cafe go check out your local radio stations i know komp in las vegas has the tickets uh and the rock stations in fort myers and el paso as well you can get your tickets there be a part of history we are the first rock and roll band to ever do this we got uh, air fozzy I'm fired up and ready to go, and we'll be starting in Fort Myers, then El Paso, then Las Vegas, as I said. And if you want to join us for this crazy adventure and you got some extra cash, here you go. Get over to pledgemusic.com slash Fozzie and find out how to secure your spot on board the plane. That's right. You get your own seat on the plane. It ain't cheap, but it will be worth it. Not only that, even if you can't join us for Fozzie Across America, there's plenty of other special incentives and items available. Original lyric sheets, handwritten studio notes, private guitar lessons, a personal Q&A with the band, and a chance to host Talk is Jericho with me as the guest, all right? It's all available on pledgemusic.com slash Fozzie. Check it out now. Uh, October 13th, Fozzie uh, Judas comes out. And remember, we are going to be playing in Europe starting October 27th in Birmingham at the O2 Academy, 28th in Dublin, 29th in Belfast, uh, 31st in Chester, England for Halloween, Manchester on the 1st, London, November 2nd, Sheffield, November 3rd, Glasgow, November 4th at the Garage. It's sold out, completely sold out, guys. Newcastle uh, on the 5th, then Amsterdam, Netherlands on the 7th, Aschaffenburg on the 8th, Pratel 9, Roncade, Italy uh, on the on the 11th, the 12th is Roma. And on the 10th, don't forget about Trey, so in Italy as well. 14th is Vienna, 15th Munich, 16th Essen, 17th Hamburg, 18th Genk uh, in Belgium. And remember, Hamburg will sell out. 
Birmingham will sell out. Belfast will sell out. A lot of these shows are going to sell out. So get your tickets now at FozzyRock.com. And while you're at it, be a part of the best VIP meet and greet in the business. We will meet you. We will sign your stuff. And we will do a pre-show mini concert for you playing five songs. Some songs you're not going to hear anywhere else except for that VIP meet and greet. Some obscure ones, some covers. We have a great time. Go to FozzyRock.com once again to check out all ticket and VIP information. And don't forget to uh, keep up with all this happening with Fozzy and the Chris Jericho Rock Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea and me. Get to Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to Talk is Jericho. You hear about everything first right here on this uh, show. Subscribe to all the shows on the Jericho Network and let us uh, keep you entertained all week long. Team Tiger Awesome doing great numbers right now, releasing new episodes every Sunday. Great stuff. They had a, a best movie villain tournament a few weeks ago, which was amazing. Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus. Cyrus was on Talk is Jericho talking with the great Bobby Heenan. And this week, for their special 52nd episode, one year... I am the ho- uh, the guest for the first time ever. Chris Jericho guests on Killing the Town. We have a great time. Two of my oldest friends in the business. Go check that out. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Always killing it every week. Uh, he just got an interview with Gene Simmons. It's great. The Raven Effect. New episodes every Monday. This week it's his live, live, live show from uh, California. Raven Live in Los Angeles. Keeping it 100 with Conan. Uh, you got to hear Disco Inferno's harrowing uh, story about what was happening during the Vegas shootings. Disco was working at Sapphire's right down the street from Mandalay Bay. And, uh, wow, it's bone-chilling, the story that he has about his experiences. And don't forget Beyond the Darkness, bringing you the paranormal stories, uh, interviews every weekday, five days a week, scaring the pants off you. Uh, go check that out. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to all the great Talk is Jericho sponsors and to all of you for supporting them. That's why I'm able to do two shows for you every single week for free. Big thanks to DDP Yoga. Oh, yeah, one of my oldest sponsors. He'll be joining us on the on the uh, Rock and Wrestling Rager. Uh, but go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Take advantage of the special sale DDP is running exclusively for all you Sexy Beast Talk is Jericho listeners. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. And go to WWE2K18 to pre-order the Deluxe Edition uh, now at WWE.2K.com to play four days early. WWE.2K.com. Play four days early and get two playable versions of WWE Hall of Famer and current Raw General Manager and Talk is Jericho alumni Kurt Angle. All right, thank you so much for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. And coming up this Friday, Fozzie returns to Talk Judas. The whole band got together, Billy Gray, Paulie D, Rich Ward, Frank Fonsere, and myself. We got together on the back of the tour bus to give a real inside look at the making of the new album, the magnum opus Judas, the top 10 hit Judas, working with producer and uh, uh, taskmaster <laughs> master Johnny Andrews, the fight to have Judas as the first single, using drum machines for the first time, and while there aren't many guitar solos on the record, and of course we got stories from the road and touring, lots of laughs with Paulie D, Rich, Frank, Billy, myself, so Get your rock on with Fozzie on Friday. And until then, in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big, yeah, boy, we love you. Thank you so much, man.